0: All right, well, you guys doing really well? You guys ready for the word? Yes. Awesome. We've been in the our series called Shape to Serve, and let me tell you something. I have been learning so much out of shape to serve. I mean, we're in our fourth week, and it's our final week, by the way. We've been doing expo. Uh, we've had every table available. We've had some people come and say, hey, I want to get involved. I know I'm shaped to serve. Uh, I just don't know where. Um, I, I talked to somebody a couple of weeks ago, and they're, he's like, where should I go? W- what do you think? I'm like, hospitality, man. You just have the smile. You know, you just have a smile. And so we've been having people approach us, and they're really wanting to get involved. And I believe Expo is just one of those doorways, and I say one of them because there are many ways, but one of those doorways where you can just get plugged in and say, hey, let me join a team. And so if you're even curious About a certain department or 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 you just never have no experience You just never did anything like that I still encourage you get up and just go over there Ask a couple of questions take take an application home and pray about it And God will direct every single uh, one of the ways And actually that's how I started ministry it was an expo in 2005 I just walked up and I just said okay I, I work at boys and girls club and I guess I'll do kids And so I went in there and long story short I'm up here. What, how did this happen? So, no, God's good, and it was just a doorway for me to just to get involved, because uh, I knew I was shaped to serve. So, uh, we've been having an anchor scripture through this entire series, and it comes out of 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, and let me just share this with you guys. Uh, to remind you, It's this Paul writing to Timothy, and Paul is literally sharing God's power to Timothy, and he's empowering him, and he always speaks over Timothy. And the cool thing is the spirit that Paul has uh, in Christ that is speaking over Timothy is the same spirit in the scriptures that speak to us. And as Paul is talking to Timothy about God's power, he says in verse 9, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. And that word holy we had said was just to separate from the world's ways and just to follow God's ways. Not look, not being perfect, it's just separating ourselves from the world way. And he says, you have a holy calling. That means a calling that God has for you, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus uh, before time began. And that scripture right there, I mean, you can see where, where there are four words that Paul spoke over Timothy. There are four words that are speaking over us when we read this scripture, and that is saved us, called us, purposed us, and graced us. And when we are called to be in the family of God, when we are called to do God's work, there is the tools in your hands, the spirit within you, and you're able to go further and go longer because of who is leading you. And Timothy just, I'm sorry, Paul spoke that over Timothy the way God is speaking that over us. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you right now, Lord, uh, Father, for just uh, who you are. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that the words I speak today, Father, will penetrate our hearts. Lord, that these words are not my own words, Father, but the words from your heart and your throne, Lord. Holy Spirit, I submit to you. Holy Spirit, speak to every single one of us in this room. If there is something that there is a need, Father, I know you already know. May you just show us your truth. May you show us your way. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say Amen and amen. All right, so I want to just bring everyone up to speed since this is our last week of shape to Serve. Uh, the first week, we talked about the three revelations that we need to have in order for us to serve. Does anybody remember those revelations? Just, just raise your hand. Nobody. Pastor Danny, thank you. Thank you, man. <laughs> Here's the thing. The, th- the three revelations that we need to have is to get a revelation of who we are or who you are in Jesus Christ. You see, when we go into scriptures, we see that Christ did the cross for us and that we are now uh, in Christ. And because of that, we have confidence. Everyone say confidence. We have confidence now that we are a child of God. It doesn't matter what you're walking through. It doesn't matter what the world says or what people say. We can have confidence, a revelation that I am a child of God because Jesus Christ lives in me. And the second revelation is gay revelation of the church. And so many times we can uh, define church as this building. Yeah, we gather at Resurrection Life Church, but let me tell you something. When you get a revelation of who you are, then you'll understand that you are also the church of Jesus Christ. Uh, a quick story. I had a family member come up to me. Uh, I think it was Labor Day or Memorial Day. I can't remember which one it was. And um, it was a day off. It was Monday. And so I'm hanging out. And I'm hanging out in the living room with them. And they said, hey. Aren't you supposed to be working right now? I said, no, it's, it's Labor Day. It, I'm not supposed to be working. It's my day off. And he had said, well, the church should never close and, and have a day off. And I said, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm never. The church, also, we are never closed, but my office is closed. I'm not going to go in my office at the building. And so many times at that moment, that's when I realized so many times we define church as the building itself when you are the church. You see, this is a place we gather And it's a pretty cool place that we gather. But when you leave these four walls, church continues. We're doing a service, but we're going to have church outside. Okay? And so when we go outside these four walls, continue to be the church, the hands and feet of Christ, because he will lead you. And the third revelation was to get a revelation of his kingdom. And the reason why we do that is because we, we understand that it's not about us. It's always been about him, and we want to serve to advance his kingdom. And then a week later, we ended up talking about a few ways to grow a servant's heart, but not just grow the heart, but to hold on to that servant's heart. We wanted to make sure that we hold on to that, that we didn't let it go. And and, and we shared some key ways or some things that could help us grow and hold a servant's heart. And one of those ways was to have a right motive The servant's heart has right motives in their heart. You're doing it not for me, but I'm doing it for the kingdom of God. And then we also said that a servant's heart uh, uh, serves with a determined attitude. No matter what the circumstance is, they're not submitting to the circumstance. They're submitting to the will of God. I don't feel like doing it doesn't cut it. I'm going to do it no matter what I feel because I live by faith and not by sight. And so you have to have that determined attitude. I think the best analogy or illustration is, is a, a bulldog. And I've heard this illustration through many sermons throughout the past, past 12 years. Uh, but I guess when a, when a bulldog would bite on something, because of their nose being slightly inclined, they can breathe. And because they can breathe, they can lock onto whatever they're holding onto. Just don't let it be your hand, okay? But they can lock onto whatever they hold onto. And in a sense, our attitude should be that when we see the promises of God and when the enemy tries to take away our bone or our promises, we lock on to that thing. We can breathe because we were created to shape to serve, but but we lock on because we have that determined attitude. Everyone say, (laughs) no, okay. (laughs) And the third thing we talked about was uh, the heart of a servant serves with others in mind. And the perfect illustration, example, actually, is Jesus. When Jesus looked at the cross, when Jesus faced death, he had us in his mind. He had our interests were in his heart. And that was the reason why he said yes to the cross. And yes, I'm going to go through this because he put us first. He had us by name. Sometimes it's hard to believe that Jesus Christ, he knew this day was going to come when we would come to him. So he endured the cross. And in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, it says, have this mind in you as well, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, last week we had a treat. You guys enjoy uh, Pastor Scott Rogers last week? He was just awesome. I mean, you got a tip of the iceberg. I got to actually hang out with him for a little while during the weekend, and just the stories and where he's came out of. If you purchase his book, please read it. Uh, He went through some tough stuff and some some things where he could have just said, "I'm done," but he chose not to because he knew his identity. And pretty much what Scott said last week was, "I'm not the savior. I'm the servant." Even when things bomb or I just didn't do well or I didn't get the best response, I'm not the Savior, I'm the servant. And so today I want to close this entire series uh, with just a couple of things I want to understand. If I could like nail this out, I just want to give you a couple of things of what we need to be shaped to serve. And here's the reason why God shapes to serve us is so that we can literally just build his kingdom. Everyone say, I want to build his kingdom. This whole earthly life is about building his kingdom. See, we, though, are a piece of the plan. Jesse Cabrera is a piece of the plan that is out there that God has. Resurrection Life Church is just a sliver, okay, a sliver of his kingdom. Just a sliver. A very important one, by the way. Okay, because you're needed, we're needed, all right? But we are just a piece of the plan, but I want to let you know that it takes the whole body to advance forward. I want you to look at your neighbor right now and I want you to say, God needs you. All right, now look at your other neighbor that you didn't want to look at at first. Now say, God needs you. (laughs) I'm not gonna let you get away that easy, (laughs) Guys, it, it, it's true. God needs us. We are called to be hands and feet of God. So many times, I mean, just recently, I was in a conversation with someone, and, and they had said, you know what, I know I'm supposed to be doing this, but I just can't handle it. I'm going to leave it in God's hands. And it was so cool because I've been caught saying, I'm going to leave it in God's hands. Well, if I'm going to leave it in God's hands, that's my hands because I'm the hands of God. Oh, did not everyone know that we are the hands of God, and so we are called at this time to be here. Now, um, on Friday, give a little shout out. On Friday, it was the last week of of uh, high school football regular season. Now they're advancing to the, the playoffs; are going to start up very soon. Congratulations to Holland High to making it. Congratulations to Zeeland for making, it. and congratulations to West Ottawa. I think that's awesome. When I was in high school, we were not near. Anything, not even a win, it was tough, but it's so cool to keep up with these boys that I see playing football for their high school. It's so passionate. I talk to parents sometimes. Um, we have one dad that's just passionate for his son in the Zeeland area. I have an aunt that is passionate about her son in the JV Zeeland side. We have our own Renee that's all so passionate about Eli number six. Like you have, I have some, another dad back there that's passionate about his son at Holland, but he coaches West Ottawa. That's just, that's just awesome to me. House United, right? House United. And so you look at these boys that are all all in our area, and they're all advancing to the playoffs to eventually get to the championship. And they all had one thing in mind. They all played different positions, but they all had one thing in mind. They all understood they needed each other. You see, when we look at our own Eli Amades uh, uh, and, and he's a running back, when they give him the ball and he scores a touchdown, it wasn't just him. Because he turns around, and he's slapping his guys in the head and saying, yeah, man, you all blocked for me. You all blocked for me. Because he understands he needed them for that to happen. When a quarterback snaps the ball and they throw it, all right, he thinks his guys that he didn't get blasted. And when you're on the other side of the ball and you're on defense and you make a tackle or you you swat something, you make this big play, they're giving props to each other. They're not saying, I did that. They give props to each other because they understand they need each other. And because of that, they are able to advance. Everyone say Advance to the playoffs, and eventually to the championship games. And I hope I see them all in Detroit. That would be awesome. We need to have that type of understanding. We need to understand that we, in the body of Jesus Christ, we need each other as well, just as much as God needs us. We need each other. And when we advance his kingdom, because we understand that we rely on each other and we help each other, we have to understand that first we are one with Christ. And when we are one with Christ, God expects us to advance with Christ. And we see this in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. And the Apostle Paul says this, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I live now in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. When Paul wrote this, in chains, by the way, through trials, through some hard times, when Paul wrote this, Paul literally just simply identified himself with Christ and said, it's not about me, it's about him. And when he was on the ground, probably getting beaten, and he, he's, it's not about me. It's about him. And I write this with joy. And I write this knowing that my chains are not in vain. That I'm going to advance the gospel. I'm going to advance the kingdom. No freedom in the natural, but so much freedom in Christ. And we're not even halfway there. Sometimes I pout because why won't my kids start crying? God, where are you? And I share that because so many times we're in that boat, we have freedom in the natural. And we don't even understand we have freedom in the supernatural. So we look at the scripture and we see Paul, who literally just identified himself as, I have been crucified with Christ. When you can say, I've been crucified with Christ, you're saying, I am one with Christ. It's easy to say, I am resurrected with Jesus. But we also have to understand there are trials on earth, sufferings we're going to go through just to advance the gospel. Again, going back to those high school boys, you ask them, how did you guys do that play? They're going to say, we practiced our butts off. Man, when it was Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, I just wanted to give up and quit. We had two a days. That means we practiced twice in one day. And I had to be there six in the morning. And when it was my day off, they expected me to work out. And then when season's over, I still have to be in the gym. So, they understand that they have to uh, go through these trials so they can gain that strength and move forward. And Paul says, No matter what I'm in, I'm going to advance because it's not about me, it's about him. We have to identify through Christ's sufferings. And so, when we go through a trial, where are you at? Ask yourself that for a second Where am I at? In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, it says, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms and in Christ Jesus. The reason why Paul was able to endure the suffering, because he knew that the resurrection was right there. If he was crucified with Christ, like he said earlier, then I am going to be raised, risen with Christ in this life. And when you can acknowledge that, you know what, there are some things I'm going to walk in and some dark valleys I'm going to go, but I am raised with Christ and there is light in my path and people are going to come along. We got the right mindset. We're advancing his kingdom. This whole purpose, guys, this whole purpose of a servant's heart is so that we can build his kingdom. Our personal life is where it starts. When we first came to Jesus, that's where it starts. But I want you to understand that there are other areas in our lives that we need to continue to build his kingdom. And I just want to share four of them with you, if that's okay with you. Is that okay? just want to share four areas. It's going to be a little bit of a, it's hard to talk about sometimes. And it's going to be one of those things we have to check ourselves. But these are the top areas that God expects us to continue to build and advance the kingdom. Not just here on Sunday morning, but to advance his kingdom. And the first one is you need to build the kingdom of God at home. Everyone say at home. home. First and foremost is your home, wherever you're at. I'm not talking about a house. I'm talking about your home and where you're at. That is the first and foremost uh, biggest area that we should be building the kingdom of God. In other words, before I'm a pastor, I'm a husband and a daddy first. Before I can do any type of ministry, I have to make sure I am leading effectively in my family and making sure my wife's love tank is full and that my kids' love tanks are full. I'm imperfect, And I miss it, but a man, do I hear it, and I apply it in my life, okay, got to pick up my game. Because they are first and foremost, I can't lead you guys if I'm not leading my family. So it is so key, it is so important that we continue to build the kingdom of God at our homes. And the way we do so is by simply having a kingdom mindset renewing our minds daily. According to Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says this, and do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see, it says "transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, when you encounter, when you know this is for the kingdom, when you've applied the last three weeks to today and what I do today from I'm, just the, I'm, just, I'm not the savior, I'm the servant, and I have these revelations of who I am, you become an example and you become an influence at your home. I'll say that again. You'll become an example and an influence at your home. Everything literally in my life can crash down. But if I can go home to a kingdom-built home, life's good. I'm in the will of God. Things won't always go accordingly the way we want it to go or what we wish it should go. But if I can go home to where I'm at, and home is right here and right here, if I can, no matter the circumstances, if I can go home, I'm in the will of God. I'm in the will of God. The second thing that we need to build his kingdom on is build the kingdom of God at work. Mm, That's good, right? (laughs) Seriously, building the kingdom of God at work. You need to understand that you've been placed in a position, wherever that's it. Maybe it's a stay-at-home mom, by the way. Seriously, if you're a stay-at-home mom or a dad. Because that's probably one of the highest positions that's not paid. (laughs) You know, and, but yet, it's, it's, it's work. Uh, one time, I, I forgot what it was that, we were applying for something, it was like seven years ago maybe, and they had asked, occupation, and I gave my occupation, and they're like, what's your wife's occupation? I said, she's a stay-at-home mom, and oh, she doesn't work. I said, no, 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 you're lucky she's not here. <laughs> she's a stay-at-home mom. That's work. She's working more than what I'm working right now, <laughs> and it never stops. Oh, okay. And they just put stay-at-home mom right down. I corrected it. And you have to correct it because you've got to give honor where honor is due. So anyways, uh, you know, you build the kingdom of God at work. And how do you do that? We all know we're the light of the world, that Christ lamps us in our feet. Then why is it when we go through tough situations at work, because a lot of the stories out here are at work, <laughs> we turn that light off. <laughs> And we just, whatever happens, happens. I'm just frustrated. And I've, I've been to that. I worked at Gentex for about four and a half years, and I had some tough trials. I'm going to be honest with you. I had some tough trials, tough trials. But I had to remember, I am the light. This is, I'm like the only Jesus i are ever going to see. Like I got, and before you know it, because this light was shining, I, I noticed, man, there's other lights around here. You're a Christian? What? You love Jesus? And it just happens. It comes out. Because we are the light of the world. Matthew 5, 16 says it this way in the Amplified Version. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good deeds and your moral excellence. Some people say morale, but moral excellence. And recognize and honor and glorify your Father who is in heaven. See, your light shining brings glory to the Father, but your light shining also brings people to the Father. And that's kingdom. I got a quick story. Actually, I got two stories. I asked him this morning or yesterday. He said yes. But, man, I have a good friend, all right, and his name is Hedda Castillo, and he's way back there. It's uh, um, uh, Linda and and, uh, Hector's uh, son. He's waving his hand. Hey, Hedda. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. We, you know, I met him at Gentex. Uh, it was in 2010, 2011, and I just I just came out of Bible school, so at this time I want to conquer the world. I'm like, I'm just going to start doing stuff, and you know, and I needed to grow up is what I needed to do. Uh, but for the first seven months, I, I was uh, testing. I tested circuit boards, uh, which you have in a rearview mirror because they dim and, and all that stuff, and they can change and whatever. Thank, you're welcome. It's because I tested those. So, no. But uh, for seven months, I tested, and I just got to know people. Well, now they had this other position in the same area called machine operator, and I thought I was cool. I mean, these guys are just you know, splicing these things, putting parts together. I'm like, man, I want to do that. Well, there was an opportunity. Long story short, I get a position there, and Heda's my trainer. Now, I knew Heda. Wait, now let me say that again. I knew of Heda, okay? And I knew he grew up in a rough time and uh, didn't make the best decisions just like me, you know? And we never really crossed paths growing up as kids. Actually, I found out that we were in the same kindergarten class because I pulled a picture. And I'm like, hey, dude, is that you? He's like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> dude, we had the same kindergarten class and just never knew it. But we ended up hanging out, and, and he's training me at Gentex and, and doing everything he needs to do. And I know I need to be the light of the world, all right, because I am the light of the world. How does that look? I don't know. Hedda, did I do a good job, man? <laughs> I'm sorry for any Yeah. Okay, cool. But here's the thing. He knew Christ. He knew of God. and he belie- I knew that because of our conversations as, we were being, as I was being trained. But there was this one little dark area that needed a little bit of light. And I remember him standing there as we're conversating. And he goes, man, I hope one day God will forgive me, though. I said, oh, that hurt. Oh, right here. I said, dude, let me share something with you, man. I said, if you believe him and you ask... He will give it to you. I go, what he did at the cross, he, it's been poured for you, man. He, it was all over for you. And he had said, all right. And we prayed right on the line. And he, right there, received forgiveness. And him, his wife, his two girls, his in-laws, his brother-in-law, all of them are here now. You know, and I think that's awesome. You know, I think that's amazing. These guys just all gathered together, and, and I see them um Every week they 're an amazing family. I hang out with them every once in a while they come to my house and they 're just an amazing family. He has all these questions he 's come and he 's still making an, an impact for people because of someone just being a light in a, in a dark area. Another story is we have we had a, a good friend of ours on the second service um, she, for about a month. she was praying she was having a tough time with the boss, and things weren 't going away she was working a third shift job and it was hard for her, and she would come in tears saying. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do, and we would have to share it with her. I remember Marty and I ministered, and I remember Pastor Danny ministering to her as well. And we're just say, "Hey, continue to do what God tells you to do." And because she gave it to God, and was still being a light in a dark, dark area, was promoted, was brought to a new shift, was brought with. And she came the other day. I think it was two weeks ago. Guess what God did. It is so awesome. And the tears of hurt were now tears of joy because she understood, no matter what I go through, I am the light of the world. I am going to continue to be like, guys, it is hard in our work areas. Can I be real? It is hard in our work areas. I think in our work areas, when we clock on, it's like, mask off, let's go ahead and duke it out. You know, not everybody. But sometimes we can have those mindsets. But whether you're clocked in or clocked out, we are still Children of God. There is no clock in, clock out when we're a child. And we need to abide by that. And we need to continue to be that light so we can advance and build His kingdom. When good deeds and excellent morals come to your work area, people will come to the Father. Remember that. And the third thing is we build the kingdom of God in your community. In your community. Romans 15, 1 and 2 says this. We who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just please ourselves. We should help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. Now, that part where it says we should uh, help others to do what is right, it's not talking about what is fair. Sometimes we can get into this point where we're like, I've been in this point. It's just not fair. It's not fair. God said it's never been about what's fair, it's been about what's right. Because it wasn't fair for Jesus to die, it was right for Jesus to die for us. It wasn't fair that Jesus paid the penalty for us, it was right for him to pay the penalty for us. And so when we want to advance that, we need to have that mindset in our community. When we get out of these four walls, not talking about just the neighborhood, but we live in a great city. But in this great city, there are areas, they still need Jesus. And you have been commissioned, you have been called an ambassador, in other words, to share the message of the gospel of who Jesus is, through your deeds, through your morals, through your conversations, to all of the community. And beyond that, it's not about what's right, it's about what's, I'm sorry, it's, it's not what's about what's fair, it's about what's Right? And, and the fourth one is build the kingdom of God at your church. My personal um, take on this part is the best way to minister to people, the best way to reach the people is through your local church. And it's because of you guys I'm here today. It is because of you guys the hand was reached out. And still teach me today. And I'm pretty sure you guys have a testimony about your local church. And so when you look at the local church, you look at uh, the book of Acts. I think the book of Acts is a perfect example of how we should continue to do our church life and build his kingdom. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, you see the early church being established. You see the early church coming together after Jesus ascended. And you see the first man stepping up and giving a message and the first people standing up and getting saved in Jesus Christ. And that was because Peter, who was filled, one of his disciples, who was filled with the Spirit, spoke and did something. And so we go to Acts chapter 2, verse, starting at verse 44, and it says this. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. I'll stop there for a second. They met in one place and they shared everything that they had. That kind of looks familiar right now. We are in one place. And we all share value. We all share integrity with each other. We all share our stories with one another. Some of us share our food with each other, too. We come together to build his kingdom. We come together at Resurrection Life Church so we can get ready to advance and go on beyond the four walls. Continuing on. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. Not selected people, not them and not them. But they they shared and they just had goodwill and joy with and generosity with all people. The only way we're going to advance is by bringing the people in. Not being judgmental or not not pointing flaws out, but saying, hey, you are loved. Let's do life together. Verse 47. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day, I love this part, and each day the Lord added, everyone say added, To their fellowship, those who were being saved. In other words, because the church was being the church, people were coming to Jesus. You see, when we just be when we're just a church, when we go out there and just love Jesus and have those conversations of with good deeds and excellent morals, watch people flock to you and say, "What is it that you have?" And watch the opportunity, or in other words, the door open up. And say, well, man, I accepted Christ in my life. And so on and so on. And before you know it, those people are coming in. It's the early church. It's according to the early church uh, that uh, it should be our example of how we should do life with each other. Now, we're going to miss it sometimes, and it may not be perfect. But when we understand it is for his kingdom and not for me, that we're going to advance for his glory and his work, God does the rest. And I close it by saying this one thing. Build his kingdom, not our castle. Let's close our eyes and pray. Father, I just thank you right now, Lord, for your word, for your opportunity to just uh, serve you. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that your will be done Father, as we uh, uh, just continue to do our work here, Father God, uh, Lord, continue through the Holy Spirit to minister to our hearts, minister to our lives. Show us what we are called and destined to be, Father. I pray right now, Lord, as as you, Holy Spirit, uh, continue to work in us and speak to us right now, Father, that we will come to make the decision that we are just sold out for you, Jesus. I I got an invitation for you, two invitations, actually. Maybe it's the first time you heard Jesus this way. Let me tell you something. He wants to build a relationship with you. The way you build his kingdom, he wants to build a relationship with you. The second invite is this. Maybe you know Jesus, but haven't really been doing it. You're in a neutral stage right now, but it's time to put it in the drive and move forward. And you want to come back to him. You just want to recommit your life to him. On those two invites, let the Holy Spirit speak to you right now. On those two invites, Understand this. God needs you. On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. One, I need Jesus. Two, I want Jesus. Three, shoot your hand up. Thank you, Lord. God bless you over there. Thank you, Lord. The best decision you're ever going to make. Give it a few more seconds. God bless you, I see you back there. God bless you. Father, I thank you as these people are coming to you, they'll just uh, be prompted to lift their hand up, Father. Remember, guys, this is between you and God. We are just here to support you and pray for you and walk hand in hand with you. Awesome. We're gonna do this as a church family. I want everyone to put one hand over their heart. And if you raised your hand... According to Scripture, it says that if you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, He'll he'll, he'll meet you right where you're at. He'll save you. Maybe you didn't raise your hand and you wanted to raise your hand. It's not too late. mean this with all your heart and give it to Him. Go ahead and everyone repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for coming into my life. And making me brand new I am not identified by this world I am identified as a child Lord I am sorry that all that I've come against you and by my faith I receive your forgiveness your mercy and your unconditional love thank you for loving me first In Jesus' name we pray, and we all shout out, amen Amen and amen.